It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement vows that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believing in the power of an ice gold beer. Doc, Doc are you still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Oh, I can't. Hello? Can oh, you I, hear me? Yes, I can, I can hear you, yes. Oh, well, this is, it's tough because I, I can't see you. Yes, that's because we are practicing social distancing. We, this is, we are very socially distant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're trying to, uh, this is a time in life where everyone has to do their part, no matter what their part is. And for a lot of people, as uh, Samuel Jackson said, stay the F home. <laughs> stay the F home and go the F to sleep is what he said. Of, of all our episodes we've done... The one that held up the least well was when we were talking about the coronavirus before it actually hit here and we started to meet and have sick people and have, you know, social distancing to the extent we're at right now. And that was like four weeks ago. Oh, maybe, maybe, I guess, I guess four weeks ago. A lot has changed. I think it was March March 4th that we recorded that episode. Meanwhile, I'm now sitting in a chair in my living room. And I've got a picture of you next to me on uh, on my table and with a, uh, a Corona sitting in front of it. Well, you know, it, the world has definitely changed a lot in the past few weeks. And it's hard to even imagine that, you know, since the Spanish flu of 1918, uh, that something like this would ever happen again. But it really has, and it, it, hold on, before we get there, what do you have in place of me? What do you mean? I have, I have a phone, and you're on speaker, and I set, it, I set a beer right next to where you would be drinking it if you were here. Oh, sweet. All yeah. right, that's good to know. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? Uh, in 1918, we learned that social distancing was necessary because in St. Louis, during the Spanish flu, they basically... Shut down schools, shut down churches, shut down bars. And in Philadelphia, they did not. They actually had a parade for the uh, military heroes coming back from, uh, from the war or um, some that were getting ready to go. And during that time, a ton of people in Philadelphia were exposed. And a lot of people got sick because of lack of social distancing at that time. You know, it's crazy because you think about that back then and, and now... Um, we're seeing some, uh, some hesitation from people to adopt the philosophies of social distancing, especially in, in different places. Like, uh, you know, you would have thought that would have been maybe, uh, businesses who rely on income to operate or, uh, you know, different different facets of the business world 
um, that rely on money so strongly. But, you know, some of the biggest places where you're seeing all the pushback is in the church. Oh, really? Like, I mean, they had a pastor in Florida who just had a big church service. They had this choir in Georgia who, right as everything was breaking, they tried to practice social distancing and at a choir of about 50 people, I think 20 of them contracted corona, the coronavirus, and uh, two of them uh, to a tragic end. Well, I know that part in church where, like, you go, peace be with you, and then you look around and, like, touch each other and say, peace be with you. I mean, that's got to be done. You, you, you religious guys need to get rid of the peace be with you. Right. I, I, you know, here's what... Have, here's the have you been watching church online? Is your church streaming? Yeah, yeah we've been streaming church and, and streaming music. Ooh, do you get in? Sunday. Do you get in your Sunday clothes, or are you guys still like in your morning jammies as opposed to your night night jammies? The only difference is I've we've been in jammies uh, with a mimosas. Okay, that's the only difference for church. But you know we have been doing it throughout the week. The church has provided us with a lot of resources to stay connected throughout the week as, as families, you know, some things you could be doing at home to talk to your kids uh, about... Well, I, know, I know they're saying that you can still tithe even though you're not there. Okay. Man, they, every day they give us a new way to give. If you don't like... We could, set, we could take Venmo now. If you don't want a Venmo, you can drive by and drop it off. You won't have to touch anybody. I like it. You know, you, don't, you know what I find interesting is what is an essential business? Right, like we're talking about, like of course, uh, uh, grocery stores and pharmacies and uh, doctor's offices, but you know the liquor store and the gun store—they're both essential. Both of those had like lines out the door when they were threatening to close them. Out the door, but you know, if 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 it happened and the Walking Dead happened, and and we're in no way going out and buying everything, but do we have way more food than we usually do? Oh yeah, yeah. If like the Walking Dead strolled up upon our house, like the other uh, survivors, they could set up shop here for a, for a minute. They would do great. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you guys got, I mean, ice cream bars and all the good chips." I mean, you know, but I, I'm having to struggle to not eat extra food. But there's always food being made. My my wife is home with the kids, and she's trying to work from home. She's doing everything. I'm trying to let her know that I appreciate how much she's doing. But what she's also doing is baking every day, and, th- and that's not what I need. You've heard of the quarantine 15, right? <laughs> I actually, so you know, I'm, I'm seeing people via Zoom, and I'm asking them, did you check your blood pressure today? Did you, do you have a weight for me? And on their weight, they're like, well, I, we're not talking about the weight right now. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> people are probably going to be mad at me. I actually uh, I had an audition today for... Uh, a grilling show, and uh, and it was a it was a live it was a, through through Skype, and I, I put clothes on and they were too big for me. I actually had to um, to like tie it in the back, tie my shirt in the back because I've actually lost five pounds during this quarantine. I love how all of our listeners get an update as to exactly where your weight is at daily. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but. It has definitely been interesting, and it's tough. You know, you know. Uh, I think there's there's two groups of people who don't get enough credit. 
Um, One, I'm going to guess, the cleaning staffs of hospitals and doctor's offices. Oh, that, that, that was not on my list, but I'll give that one to oh, you. Oh, yeah. They, are, they come in and are disinfecting and don't get nearly as much of the credit, and they definitely are at risk. And I, uh, I want to give a shout-out to all the cleaning crews at all the hospitals and pharmacies and everywhere. That's awesome. Um, I was going to say all of our healthcare professionals, you know, anybody who's – and I consider them to be part of that group, right, because they're, so they're so important to the continued safety in the hospital for you guys. And, I mean, I pray for you every day, buddy. I, appreciate I don't know if you know that. Um, but, and we have one of our neighbors who's a nurse, and I pray for her every day and her family. And then the other group is the teachers. Yeah. I really appreciate teachers way more than I ever have before. Oh, now that you're homeschooling? Oh, my gosh. Who's got time for this? Yeah. Well, my... My son's teacher must do a better job than we are because he is not listening at all at home. But it's supposedly <laughs> at school, uh, you know, uh, she must scare him more than we scare him. Yeah, and that's different for them because we're like, you know, this isn't school, but it's got to be like school. And I, and then one of them threw it back at us because we're like, oh, you got to be regimented. And they're like, well, this isn't school, we thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's definitely been a transition, but but I think it's, it's quite necessary. Well, I'm a, I, uh, as a doctor, there's a lot of ways my life has changed. Oh, right? okay, right. Mine is the, yeah. obviously the anxiety and discussing symptoms of COVID and where testing is and, you know, how severe should someone be to treat them with, you know, something like hydroxychloroquine and whether or not that even works. And, and knowing that I have patients that are very sick and, you know, I've had patients that were sick where family couldn't see them and people are dying without getting their last rights without getting uh, family by them. And, yeah. uh, but it's, it's the weird little things otherwise, right? So now I'm doing telemedicine mostly. Uh, I used to try to uh, want to make sure all sick people came into the office as opposed to calling in. Now I'm doing phone or video visits via Zoom for all sick patients. So that's the opposite of what your training really prepared you for, yes. right? Yes, I'll only see you if you're healthy. If you think you're sick, you cannot come into my office currently because partially... I need to protect the rest of my staff currently. And a lot of the treatment for the symptoms are stay home and ride it out, obviously. Um, another is in no way like people on the front line in the ER in the hospital. I sure appreciate what they're doing so much. I am wearing a mask all the time. We do get our temperature checked on our way into work. And this is what I learned wearing a mask. If because it's doctor's day, the rest of the staff buys you fried chicken and you eat like four pieces and then you put your mask back on, you're going to smell like fried chicken for at least another three to four hours. Mm. Also, if you go to the restroom and you have to do a big boy potty, uh, it doesn't smell like anything because you have a mask on protecting you from the smell. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, no, you, you know, the idea, I almost was tempted to like, while sitting at my desk doing work, to put a straw through the side of the mask to drink my coffee. And it's just coffee and masks don't go well together. No. And that would kind of defeat the purpose of the mask. Yeah. I've also gotten naked a lot more in my garage. Um, when I get home, I am not allowed in the house in my clothes. I've been wearing scrubs. Oh. I usually try to dress nicely. So I'm getting butt naked in the garage, getting the clothes ready. I do have a robe, and then I'm trying to, you know, 
run upstairs and directly get into the shower while avoiding my children who want to give me a hug because I'm their father, but also trying to remind them that I'm also naked and they shouldn't hug me while I'm naked, but they also shouldn't hug me when there may be a little bit of coronavirus, you know, uh, on my elbow or knee or ankle. Does your wife do any, like, is there any dance music in the, in the garage for you to, like, take off your clothes to? Oh, like... No, no, no. You know what? It's one of those where um, I know she loves me, but she's definitely trying to stay away from me. And we have been trying to get outside and go for walks. And uh, I'm in no way uh, understand what others have been through. But I used to be the person that sometimes people would stop and chat with. And now um, when I walk, uh, you know, down the street, uh, you know, with my kids and they're on their scooter... People move to the other side of the street pretty quickly. <laughs> it's like, move, dog, get out the way, get out of the way. Right. Man, it's crazy social distancing. It, it makes you look at people differently, right? Oh, yeah. Because there's no way to know. And that's the thing about this thing. You know, it's not uh, something that you can look at people and determine because there's no predetermination, predetermining factors or anything that really say, oh, this is the kind of person who would get this. It is probably much Well, like- well I'm, I'm going to jump in there. If you're a 20-year-old who just came back from uh, spring break in Cabo, yeah, yeah you're yeah, one of those yeah. I'm, I'm judging. Yes, I agree. But I mean, I would imagine in many ways, um, you know, my dad worked in the healthcare profession uh, at the beginning of the AIDS virus. Yeah. And and people, and I would imagine with healthcare professionals who didn't know much that back then about this new disease and how it was spread, and there were so many rumors about how it was transmitted, how, how it was passed. Um, you know, I was in the store tonight, literally, and a woman said, no, I just heard you have to stand 27 feet away from people. It can spread if you walk by somebody and sniff them. And literally, she said that, as, and she had a mask hanging around her neck. And I thought, wow, it uh, is just, it's, it's interesting uh, what people can take and run with and, yeah. and put out there as truth. Like, just spread it like it's true. I will tell you, one of my buddies from medical school, uh, I used to catch him sniffing my wife. <laughs> now he's like a, a highly decorated surgeon, right? You know, and, uh, you know, runs a whole area. And I can't wait to like come to one of the, you know, meetings where he's speaking at and be like, oh, I remember when you, uh, you know, used to sniff my wife. Yeah. You know, you know what else we have right now is the social distancing police. Uh, definitely people call me and be like, hey, I've seen, uh, you know, these people have been out a lot or... Can this person have a friend over or this and that? And, you know, honestly, I don't want to be the police, right? Like, everyone's got to make their own decisions. Obviously, we should limit as much as we can. The only people I've really been kind of tough on is those that have called me sick. And be like, oh, I don't think I have COVID-19. I've just been like, had this cough for a week. And I was like, well, if there's ever a time in life where you have a cough, where you should stop doing things, it's now. Yeah. And they have it for a week. And then do you ask them, like... What have you changed in your daily routine? And well, they're like, nothing. <laughs> I will tell you what's changed in my uh, in in talking to patients now. 
And my job is very different as a family physician, right? I'm basically triaging, determining who needs to be tested, um, who should be tested, like, you know, right away, who do we give time to, when to go to the hospital, when to, you know, start some of these medications that we don't have a ton of, um, we don't have a ton of information for. You know, one of the things I realized that changed today, and I, I was just, and I hadn't even thought about it, so I told you, I showered today, and I realized that... I used to often, like, you have an order for your shower. I don't know if you do or if you're just kind of willy-nilly, but I believe we create an order. Well, I never realized how many times I have, I guess I've always washed my butt before my face. Yeah. And no more. Today I realized, I was like, whoa, 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 that's not good. So then I had to go back and clean everything off and then start with my my face and go backwards in that order again. It, it was like taking two showers. I think I'm good. Do you use the, never, do, you, do you use the same soap products on your face as you do your butt? Yes, I actually oh. use the same product on my hair as I use on my body. So I use my tea tree oil peppermint, this Paul Mitchell special tea tree shampoo that like it invigorates your whole scalp. I use it everywhere because it makes everything tingle. It feels amazing. Well. You know, I think some things during this that I am looking forward to is I want to watch Ozarks. There's a new Michael Jordan documentary coming out. And I'm hoping that there is some downtime of not being out and about to get a chance to watch this. More than anything, I want people to be safe. But when when a bad virus like this comes that is so contagious and making people so sick, it makes me think, why would God bring us covid question i think people ask that a lot and you know i hear people like dolly parton who got on today and said hey in fact you know she was talking about how maybe it's a call for us to to take a step back and remind ourselves that there are things that are so much bigger than us because it's easy as as humans or especially as americans to feel invincible, think you're on top of the world, uh, and that nothing can stop you. And so it's important to take a step back. Um, there was a thing going around that some of my, my Christian friends had, had sent me, and it was like, you know, you're... Um, so some of your friends are... Like, do you divide your friends up? So you have your Christian friends and then your non-Christian friends? Or do you just your no, Christian no, no, friends no. are a certain group? No, it's not a certain... I mean, uh, uh, there are men that I'm intentional about uh, in our relationship, about how we talk about our faith and how we pray for others, do different things, right? Okay. But they're, they're still my friend's friends. They just happen to be Christians. If you, call a Christ- I, if you call a Christian friend, do you have to, like, mention Jesus or God during the conversation or not? <laughs> not all the time. I'm sure there are people who do that. No, man, I just, you know, we try to stay genuine in our relationships and there's times when we're just going to talk and talk and talk. And yeah, there's certainly times, um, when our conversation is, is driven by or, or, uh, the whole thing is set up around something regarding faith, but that doesn't always happen. You know, what's interesting is, uh, there are times where I know you've said, Hey, I've been praying for you. And as much as I don't know that I have, fully bought into, hey, there was one God and his son was Jesus. This is a time where I'm a little bit scared. And so when you pray for me, uh, 
I do appreciate it more now than before. Whether or not that's fair or not, I mean, I don't think that my thoughts have changed, but uh, um, for all the people out there that are religious, I will um, absolutely take their prayers um, at this time. So thank you. Well, like you talk about your physician friends, your medical school friends, right? You guys are most of the time you're talking about something medical. Yes. I mean, there are guys... There are guys that have made the cut into your regular life being friends, but most of those guys you see as, you know, your medical school friends, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's very similar, but there are guys that I that I have in my faith community that are also part of my life in general, and some that I just seek counsel with that I respect and, you know, lean on. But, you know, in the Bible, there's times when, when Jesus specifically talked about being alone. This idea of separating himself from things. And there was a meme going around a, a bit, and it was like, you know, it was, it was basically like this message from God that was like, um, what what do you put above your face? And it's easy. You put your money above your face, fine, I'll, I'll take your jobs. You put your body, your self-image, how hard you work at being fit, fine, I'll close all the gyms down. Right? You put socializing and being with your friends, fine, I'll close all the bars and restaurants down. And, and you know, in this, it is, we have, we've spent a lot of time as a family together and a lot of time reflecting on our faith. And, you know, we specifically talked about these times when Jesus was alone. I used them as examples because he was often alone before something really important. Well, you know, we, he, we sure know he was never out like on a date with anyone else because it sure doesn't seem like he had any interest in being anything but alone. But we don't know that he never had interest in any women. I don't know that he did. But, you know, we do know that... Uh, All I know is if your 12 friends, the apostles, wrote everything they remembered about you, it would come up quite a bit. <laughs> All right, that's a good... You know what? I like that, Doc. That is funny. That's good. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he talked about how he went to the wilderness uh, in, in the book of Luke and how he's tempted by the devil right after he got baptized. And just before he, he went to his hometown, he, you know, spent this 40 days without eating and the devil tempted him in these oh, three he, different ways. You know why he didn't eat? I read this story. It's because somebody had bought okay. up all the toilet paper and so he was worried he would have to poop. And so he's like, I'm just not going to eat anything. <laughs> oh, yes, that is exactly the way the story goes. Yep. You know, and then uh, there was a time when he chose to be alone right before, you know, he got arrested because he, he knew it was important. He wanted to pray uh, to his father about this. And, and we talked about Easter coming up. So how about, how about that right now? In Philadelphia, they're not going to arrest people. They'll give you a ticket, but they're not necessarily going to bring people in for certain misdemeanors. And in New Jersey right now, they have determined they are going to fully um, press charges to the fullest extent for terror if you threaten that you have COVID and you're going to cough on a police officer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say they need to put these people up on the cross because I think that was a little aggressive what they did to Jesus, but I definitely yeah. think they should be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, can you imagine threatening to call on somebody? Like, uh, that, 
I think being spit on is probably the one thing. The times I can remember the few the times that I've been most angry in my life. And I can specifically remember two times where being spat on was involved. Wow, I just love that it happened to you twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, being alone doesn't have to be a bad thing. Social distancing, it's gonna go on. And you know, in fact, in our house we were talking about it and it's like, uh, my, and my wife loves to have things to look forward to and it's tough because right now she can't, you know, buy anything or and we just had some, some work done because we had the sewer pipe thing and the, the floors are kind, they're done, but there's some stuff that's unfinished and it's hard to get the guys back here to work because they're doing stuff and can they really work and are they essential and there's, you know, there's, so there's some stuff about that and, you know, trying to finish that stuff up, but it makes you feel like you don't have control over anything. And it takes us right back to the Bible where, you know, Jesus in those hours before he was arrested, he didn't have control over what was going to happen. And he prayed to his father and said, Hey, if there's any other way, take this cup. If there's anything else, like just let this cup pass from my hand. And God was like, this is the way. And so, like, knowing that he was going to die, and he had really, that was the path. Wow. There was no, he had no control over how it went, where it went. It was just, it's calling. I have a game for you. Are you, are you ready, Deacon? No, no, no. But how about, how about, the, how about I, I hate the Patriots, right? But Bobby Kraft and the Kraft family coming in, bringing in 1.2 million N95 masks on the plane. I uh, I do love that. I love all the people making masks. I love. I want to give a shout out to uh, a patient uh, Josh who donated a bunch of masks to me and the Sullivan family who brought me all sorts of flowers. I've been getting all sorts of cards and things, and I and I greatly do appreciate everything that people have been uh, donating and bringing, and, and their thoughts while you know uh, while we're at work trying to see um, how to best manage this. Listen, and if you have any patients that need to be prayed for and they can't get somebody in there to pray for them, you can give them my number for sure. I will. You know, it's, it's interesting. Now in the intensive care units, they're basically holding up uh, iPads to, uh, to patients. But needless to say, social distancing is different than social anxiety. And so we're going to go through uh, celebrities. And I'm going to name a celebrity. And I want you to tell me whether or not you think they have to have social distancing because they have had uh, COVID-19 or if they've had social anxiety disorder. Are you ready? Okay. Number one, Adele. Oh, Adele. Social anxiety. Oh, you were one for one. Ready for the next one? All right, go ahead. Barbara Streisand. No, social anxiety. Oh, I forgot. I thought I was locked into your pattern there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, I'm going to say social distancing because yes. I know he's been in prison. He is in prison where he should stay, uh, but he does. He did test positive for COVID-19. Next, Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen. I'm going to say social anxiety. Social distancing. Also really? COVID positive, yeah. Uh, huh. Jennifer Lawrence. See, you can never tell. Right? You don't know. There's no way. There's no 
Sorry, Jennifer Lawrence. I, I don't know. She could have either one. I'm going to go with both. She, but as of now, she was diagnosed when she was younger with social anxiety disorder. And okay. last but not least, one of my wife's favorites, Idris Elba. I'm pretty sure it's social distancing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And his wife got it too, right? I, uh, I'm not actually the doctors for any of these. The internet gave me these diagnoses. But his wife did not social distance from him. She chose to stay with him, if I remember that story correct. It's funny, I was watching a, um, a thing the other day, and uh, Kristen Bell had this great interview. And, you know, she has social anxiety. I did. I actually saw her on the list when I was Googling. And she talked about how um, when, and Dax is kind of like you and I, right? He's just like out there and he's like, whatever, like, let's talk about it. And she said he started this podcast and didn't really, really consult her. And then he started, he was like, hey, why don't you talk about your social anxiety in my podcast? She's like, well, I, I've never even, I, I barely have ever even, even talked to a therapist about it. He's like, great. It'll really help. And, you know, and she talks about how, how, how crazy his proposal was. But then she said that really talking about it has, has allowed her to understand it better and to address it better. And, you know, she takes medication and that's part of it. But, you know, it's also brought so many people around her who call on her who lean into her and talk to her and say, hey, I, it's so great to know somebody who has this as well and understands like what it's like to feel like I do and, and you're like a real person. And so that's, I think sometimes that's more what it is. Like, you know, I'm sure um, with families who are dealing with family members who are COVID-19 positive or who are in isolation or something more uh, strict than just a, a self-quarantine, it's tough. And I'm sure there's some comfort in knowing that other people are going through it. But it's probably very difficult to even be able to see outside of your own circumstances. I think the world, I think the world is a lot that way. And and it's, and it's hard at this time. And I, and I think a lot of people actually have tried to with, you've seen all the people motivating, trying to either make personal protective equipment or making food for those that don't have food. And it's, I actually think it's been a, a pretty amazing time in America, right? And get, not getting into, you know, the political, we should have done this or should have done that. Uh, I feel like everyone overall really is banded together. And even though you can find some people who are doing more than we'd like, I do think that most people are trying to do their part. And I'm, uh, I'm impressed. We have to flatten the curve. And what we have shown is you can reduce the reproductive number by being around less people. Right? Yeah. We know that social distancing works and we don't have that many other things that we can do. But yeah. for, those, for those people that are social distancing right, and they're feeling loneliness, I do have some recommendations. And they're pretty straightforward stuff, but you should try to keep a regular schedule. Right? Now is not the time to be up till 3 a.m. every day because at some point the world will get back to normal. Being awake when the sun is out, if you can be, is good. Absolutely. Stay active. Go for walks. Yeah. If you see me walking, though, you're, you're allowed to yell, move, doc, get move, out the way, doc. doc. Get out the way. Next, limit social media. It's dangerous. There are funny memes, but there is so much misinformation and who knows exactly what is correct that it is, uh, you know. I feel that I actually have a group chat with all my medical school buddies. It's honestly stressed me out more than anything. I mean, you know, they're just updating their hospital censuses and this is how many people are sick. So 
Limit social media. Check it. Also limit the news, right? Like we should watch the news. We should know what's going on. But the ticker at the top with every case going up, especially when we just started testing two weeks ago, of course, of course, those numbers are shooting up. And, and, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's going to flatten soon. Um, and uh, be flexible. You know, the world is a different place than it used to. And we're a little bit out of our routine, but it's, you know, time for us to kind of create new routines and uh, know that if we all do a good job, hopefully this will be over. Uh, I think oh. to this is back in time from a, from a, uh, uh, you know, from day, you know, start your day off being thankful. Be thankful for what you do have and find uh, things around you to be thankful for. It's that attitude of gratitude, right? You gotta like, start to be thankful for something that you, with your family, that you have a job, that you have food for the day, that you, you know, and if all of those things start to crumble, well, that's where we lean into God and we say, I'm so thankful that no matter what happens here, I've got this, this God who's my rock, who's there to provide for me, right? The second thing is, um, I think I agree with you when it comes to social media, but my, my perspective is different. My perspective on social media is limit social media from, you know, there are people out there who try to make it feel like they're winning the quarantine, right? They, they put up schedules, they've done all these things, their kids are learning, they're doing this stuff. And, and for them, I don't think they're, they're, they're showing off how much better they are quarantining than everyone else. They're just sharing their successes, but it's easy to look at that and say, man, how I fall so short of that. Um, and use that as a way to compare what you're doing with other people. Listen. I mean, weren't you, weren't you in a TikTok battle with a group of people on the internet? I'm still in a TikTok battle with a group of people. And those fools are going down. That's different. <laughs> I'm just saying it's easy to fall into those, um, those false sense of insecurities. This is new for everybody. None of us have been down this road before. And sure, there's going to be some things that we'll be up in the back at and say, oh, I wish I would have, could have, could have. But at the end of the day, if we end up with our health and uh, I'm just relatively unscathed, we should be really thankful. And for those of us that lose jobs or people or things that felt like they meant a lot to us, we, we still have to be able to find something to be thankful for. Yeah, and stay the F home. Yeah, and stay home. That's it. You picked your family. Spend some time with them. <laughs> yes, tonight we played uh, we played trash and we played guess who, um, and it was a lot of fun. We certainly uh, it's so much fun to spend time with the girls, watch them grow and change, and even start to understand this. And um, but at times it's certainly difficult. Yes. Well. I think the only thing we figured out at home is that uh, my daughter's finally potty trained. Two things you can always count on. The doc is in. And the deacon is speaking. Don't forget, tag us on Instagram, at Doc and the Deacon on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Send us your social distancing recommendations, your wins, your losses. We want to hear it all. But most of all, don't forget, stay the F home. 
Take a lot of facts in, now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman.